walking with Jesus. When I was working in Peru in the 1990s with my congregation, the Congregation of Holy Cross, I was a seminarian at the time, and I was working in a school for the disabled there. It's a magnificent apostolate that Holy Cross and the people there began. It's just outside of Lima, Peru, and Peru at the time was desperately poor country and in the midst of a civil war. Working at this school, the director of the school asked me to help out in a particular workshop. These were older kids, teenagers, 15, 16, some of them even into their early 20s. And the workshop was to help them to do artistic uh, work, to do arts and crafts really, and to sell those arts and crafts through the school. School would get a little percentage and the kids and their families would also get some percentage. So this helped them in their own self-esteem and it helped them literally to help their families get a little bit of money and help them in the midst of a very, very difficult economic situation. One day, these kids, and the kids, all of them in this particular workshop, uh, had troubles with both speech and hearing. So they would often use sign language. Well, between my lousy Spanish at the time uh, and their sign language, God bless them, they were very patient with me and they were able to communicate with me. This particular day, they invited me to a party. One of the kids in the classroom, Maria, hadn't been with us for a number of weeks, six or a good eight weeks. And they explained to me that she had been sick for a while and that today, that particular day, I should say, was her birthday. So after school, school finished up around 1, 1.30, and off we went. And walking to her house, it's not like homes that we have here in the United States, they were literal shacks, huts. The streets weren't, weren't paved streets at all, they were dirt streets. The one main street was paved, but everything else was all dirt. So we're walking through these dirt streets, dirt paths really, and we get to her street and we're walking down uh, really a very, very small path. And the huts on either side of us, they didn't have electricity and they didn't have running water. The few who may have had a little le electricity, well, they were essentially stealing it from the light pole and running it down to their own little house. A few folks who may have had water, it's not like our running water here. They may have had a tank outside and a truck would come along and put some water in there that have to pay for it. That was the electricity and running water that these folks had. So we get to Maria's house and the kids knock on the door. Maria's mother answers it. She's so happy to see Maria's friends. So happy. She invites everybody in, hugs all around. The father comes out of the kitchen and little by little here comes Maria from the back. We're sitting up front and she's coming out from the back and the poor thing was thin and pale but with a big smile on her face. She was so happy that her friends had showed up on her birthday. Hugs all around again. The kids get together. They sit around what is essentially a, what would we almost would call like a picnic table right there in the front room. And they start talking among themselves. The mom and dad from the kitchen bring out bread and each day in Peru the bread was delivered fresh to the local corner store and you go pick it up. So they had some fresh bread and they brought it out to the kids. They brought out big bottles, glass bottles at the time of different sodas. That was it. There was no other food, no meat, no fish, nothing. Just the bread and the soda. The dad pulled me aside and he was very grateful that we were there. We were talking as the kids were on one side celebrating with Maria her birthday. 
and he told me that just a few houses down that night that somebody had been killed. This wasn't random violence, this was part of the Civil War that was going on. Part of the Civil War, a group called Sendero Luminoso that was trying to overthrow the government for whatever reason had targeted a family just a few doors down. Tremendous desperate poverty and the darkness of violence. Eventually, the mother comes out of the kitchen and she has a cake for Maria. Smiles all around in great joy in the midst of this tremendous poverty and this tremendous violence. Our Gospel today on this third week of Easter, chapter 24 of Luke, and it's Emmaus, it's the road to Emmaus. Two disciples of Jesus are walking along this road and they're confused, they're saddened, and they're not quite sure what's going on. That might sound familiar to us right now, right? In the midst of our coronavirus crisis and another downturn in our economy. So we're in the middle of this crisis and so were they. Confusion, not quite sure, and here comes the Lord. And they can't recognize him for various reasons, perhaps because of their sadness and their confusion. Jesus approaches them and asks them, what are they talking about? And they tell him, and they're a little confused, how can you be the only visitor in Jerusalem doesn't know what's happened there. And so they explain to the Lord what's been going on. They explain to him their expectations of this fellow Jesus, a great prophet in word and in deed, that he was the one we had thought who would save Israel, the people of Israel. But then they continued. They're like, it's been three days and some women in our group went to his tomb and didn't find his body. And that they encountered angels who told them that he was alive. And that others went as well, and some of the guys went as well, and found something similar. They didn't find his body. You can almost hear Jesus' frustration when he says to them, Ugh, ugh, you don't understand. And so he walks them through what we would call the Old Testament, Jewish scriptures, Hebrew scriptures, he walks them through references to himself, to the Messiah, and how the Messiah had to suffer in order to die and to rise. It's at this point that they get to where they want to go and Jesus acts like he's going to go on a little farther and they ask him to stop. Wait, it's dark. It's starting to get dark so don't go. Stay with us. He does. They go in and again a simple meal similar to the meal I experienced with Maria, her parents and those kids in Peru. Simple meal and Jesus blesses the bread, breaks it, at this moment, the disciples understand who it is that is right in front of them, who it is that has been walking with them. Well, what happens to them? What happens to us too? They get excited and they charge on back to Jerusalem. Understand, they did this and by and large, they weren't supposed to be doing this. Right? It was getting dark and in the ancient world, traveling at night was extremely dangerous. But it didn't matter. All of a sudden, they were freed. They were ready to go. They had seen Jesus resurrected from the dead. And they wanted to get that news to their family and friends. And when they get back to Peter and the other disciples, same thing. We have seen the Lord. For ourselves, on this third Sunday, in this third week of Easter, in the midst of this crisis, the health crisis, the coronavirus crisis, and again, another downturn in our economy, how is it that we can take advantage of the road to Emmaus. A couple of suggestions for us. The first one, right before the virus kicked in and we all had to 
kind of separate and have our limits put on us, our restrictions put on us, staying at home and so forth. Right at the beginning of Lent, we were doing a program called Be My Witness. Well, Be My Witness is a program from Renew, Renew International. Our staff here put a pile of work into it, and we were ready to go. And we had started it a week or two weeks in, and we had to stop. Well, what we're going to do now is to do it online, like everything else. We're going to do it virtually. So take a moment sometime during this week to go to our St. Lawrence website, St. Lawrence Catholic Church here in Tampa. Take a look at this uh, program for Be My Witness and sign up for it again. Take a look. See what it might do for you. Because what's it about? It's about knowing the Lord. It's about dialoguing with Scripture. Because Scripture speaks to us and we speak to that Scripture. It challenges us and we understand it a little bit more deeply. And what happens? We're able to give testimony like Peter in our first reading to be witnesses to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, as Peter and those early disciples in our first reading in the Acts of the Apostles talk about today. Scripture, right in the middle of Be My Witness. So again, take a look online. We're St. Lawrence Catholic Church. If you're listening from other parts of the country, St. Lawrence Catholic Church here in Tampa, Florida. Be My Witness. Sign up for it, and let's get going to be the Lord's witnesses, again, in the midst of these two crises. A second suggestion for us today... Uh, this afternoon, we will have our usual, our monthly, by, uh, twice a month, food distribution. Our folks at Matthew 25 do a great job getting food out to those who are in need. Well, of course, there's some difficulty, right? Uh, feeding Tampa Bay are telling us that it's difficult for them because some of the stores aren't giving to them, and so there's, there's some issues that we have going on here. But what we're doing is getting food out twice a month, and then also during the week to folks who are in need. So we'll do that this afternoon, but we also need your help. A couple weeks from now, it will be Mother's Day weekend. So that Saturday of Mother's Day weekend, May 9th, that Saturday, come on by, drop off a couple of bags of food. You can find online, and we'll get it out in Facebook and email blasts and so forth during the week, as to precisely what we need for our people to keep feeding others. And moms, grandmothers, aunts, godmothers, when you come by on May 9th, we may have a little surprise for you too for Mother's Day weekend. So please consider that. And as we do that, understand that that breaking of the bread is extremely important right now because people are getting hungrier and hungrier as they lose their jobs and lose benefits. A third suggestion for us today, walking. All right, this road to Emmaus, the disciples were walking to a particular destination. Well, for ourselves, too, we need to get up and walk a little bit. If you're in assisted living or if you're kind of confined at home, if you're a little bit older and you've got maybe a walker or something, make sure you walk around your apartment. Make sure you go downstairs, maybe into the lobby to walk around a little bit. If you have the health to do it, get on out. Grab the kids, grab the grandkids, grab your spouse. Take a walk together. Take a walk just husband and wife, also two just alone. Why? To help us to process, to help us to understand what's going on in our own hearts and in our own souls in the midst of this crisis. And how is it that Jesus and Scripture speaks to us? How is our sacrament, a virtual sacrament at this point, how does it speak to us? St. Teresa of Avila was terrific with this. She was always suggesting to her nuns that they needed to know themselves more and more. 
constantly after her nuns to know themselves more and more. St. Teresa of Avila in the interior castle. Well, it's the same thing with us. We are called to take those walks and to understand ourselves and our relationship to God's Word and to let God's Word challenge us and to move us and to heal us and to lift us up day after day. So let's make sure that we're getting our walks in. Those of us like me who look at our 10,000 steps, let's make sure we get at least 10,000 steps in. I don't know about you who do those 10,000 steps, but for me in these days, it kind of depends upon the stress of the day. I'm getting a lot more than 10,000 steps in. My friends back in Peru, Maria and the other kids, uh, they had a great time together. And the party wound down, didn't take too long. We didn't want to get Maria too tired. So her mom's like, okay, time to go. <laughs> and it was. She was tired. Maria was tired. So again, hugs all around, and off we went. Back out onto the dirt streets. The kids got me to the main road. And they headed off to their homes as well. And as I was walking back to my home, I was very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. I knew something had got on, but I couldn't pin down what it was. Well, I get to the door of the house where I was living with other seminarians and priests of my old congregation, the Congregation of Holy Cross, and even before I put the key in the door, Emmaus. I realized that it was Emmaus that had just happened right in front of me. The breaking of the bread in the midst of the poor, in the midst of the darkness of violence, in the midst of a horrible economic situation, there it was right in front of me. Jesus Christ in the middle of that moment. For ourselves, as we walk through this week, as we walk through this Easter season, as we walk together through this uh, coronavirus crisis, let us make sure that we too understand deeply that as we are walking together, as we break that bread, that it is Christ himself who is there, that as we are walking with one another, that it is Christ himself who is walking with each of us.